Good afternoon. Welcome to the weekly livestock market update. I'm Brownfield anchor reporter Megan Grebner. With us, as always, to talk all things markets is University of Missouri Scott Brown. Good afternoon, Scott. Good afternoon, Megan. Whew, there is a big long list of things for us to talk about this week. As we get things started, though, let's recap what happened this week in the markets. Start on the cattle side. There's really uh, no change in live uh, cash cattle prices this week. Those feeder cattle auctions were higher this week, anywhere from two to eight dollars higher. Uh, the June live cattle futures contract closed down about three dollars and fifty cents this week, while the May feeder cattle futures contract also down a little more than two dollars. Choice box beef price uh, was much higher this week, forty dollars higher uh, on strength across the board and all of those components. Uh, on the hog side, cash hog prices down about two dollars for the week, uh, while the uh, June lean hog futures contract. Uh, Closed up nearly $7.75. Just like for the box beef price, the pork cutout value also gained uh, nearly $17 this week, really led by what was uh, almost a $47 increase in belly prices uh, over the last week. Talk about being able to gain back some of those losses in a a short period of time. It certainly uh, reminds us of just how volatile uh, these markets are. continue to be. Scott, I think one of the big things that we need to talk about too is processing pressure and what's going on there. As we take a look at those weekly slaughter numbers, how concerning are they uh, as we see the drastic drops in both beef and pork? Yeah. So if you look at uh, what's going to be slaughter for this week, it looks like on the cattle side, we're going to be down about uh, six and a half percent. Uh, on the hog side, down about 11%. So we continue to see uh, smaller runs. We, as, as plants either are slowed down or shuttered. Uh, just a little perspective here. It looks like to me that cattle slaughter uh, this week relative to a year ago is going to be down about 27%, uh, while hogs down 15 I, I think we have to continue to pay very, very close attention uh, to what's going on there. I am glad to see uh, that we're beginning to announce some plants coming uh, back online. I know, for example, the JBS plant in Greeley uh, was been, being talked about as coming back online today. I'm, I'm sure in many cases uh, it's going to take some of these plants a while to get uh, back up to speed, but uh, we're maybe starting to gonna have some trade-off between maybe additional plant closures and some of these plants that have been closed down long enough now to actually uh, come back online. A big week for reports, cold storage. Uh, we'll start there. And as we take a look at those, really, uh, it's, I think the theme is going to be a, a lot as we talk about cold storage and livestock slaughter. You know, absolutely. And I, I think there was a lot of uh, questions coming about what we were going to get in cold storage. And, you know, we're we going to have a big drawdown because of uh, some of these plant issues that we've been having. Yet when we get the, the data for the end of March, beef, pork, chicken, and turkey uh, ending stocks were 1.5% higher than they were a year ago. Uh, 2.4 billion pounds of, of those four meats. I do think it's important to remind us that, you know, we don't keep a lot of longer-term stocks. So you're probably talking at best a couple of weeks of, of uh, meat stocks on hand out of that report. Uh, when you look at some of the individuals, uh, beef, beef up 11% in March. Uh, relative to a year ago, pork up 2.2, belly sticks out there is up 34%, uh, chicken up uh, 6%. So 
we did in March with uh, higher stocks. Uh, again, we I think have some issues going on as well related to did we back up some food service uh, stocks that are sitting there at the end of March? Is that part of the reason why uh, we, we see the levels that we do? Uh, I'll be curious to see where we end up when we come to the end of April. Are we uh, do the packing plant close shutdowns and and slowdowns? Do they contribute to that as well? So I think so. You know, I, I just remind us that we're measuring, you know, stocks at the end of, of March. Um, we hadn't had a lot of plant issues uh, but by the time we would have gotten those stock numbers. So end of April could really be interesting um, in, in that I think it'll give us a, a better insight into what's all this slowdown done. Now, I always like to remind us back to the plant shutdown, slowdown situation that we have going on. It, it, in particular, if you look at hog slaughter, uh, where we've been, although down tremendously uh, from where we w- would have been several weeks ago, it's about the level we were slaughtering back in 2015. So I, I think it's always good to keep in mind that uh, the slaughter level we have today is just about where we were a few years ago. So I, I hope that gives us a little bit of sense of where we sit relative to this idea of could we have a shortage of product. Um, I, I certainly say, you know, we could have a situation where not uh, all the shelves are full in a grocery store, but um, we're, we're not slaughtering zero at this point, and let's hope we don't get there, but uh, it gives us some good perspective. Speaking of slaughter numbers, a record number for March as we talk about livestock slaughter. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, you look at red meat production in March, uh Almost 5 billion pounds, 13% higher than March of 19. Um, so it, it, it certainly reminds us of where we were starting the year. Uh, so if you look at the first quarter of 2020, beef production up 8%, uh, pork production up 8.6%. A, a little different story in beef versus pork here. So hog slaughter up a little more than 8%. So we were getting most of that increase in pork production by slaughtering more hogs. Uh, weights were only about a pound higher uh, for on the hog side. For cattle, uh, total cattle slaughter was up a little less than 6%. Uh, it was really the roughly 25-pound increase in cattle slaughter weights uh, relative to 2019 that uh, drove us 8% higher on beef production. So a little different mix there in terms of animals versus weights when you look at beef versus pork. Uh, at, for the first quarter of this year. Let's talk a little cattle on feed, big report out today. And I think when you take a look at some of these numbers, it's a little shocking because it's not something, while it might have been somewhat expected, it's not something that we see very often. Yeah, that's right. You know, I, so, so I always like to start with, so the pre-report estimates for placements in March had a range from 54.6 to 84.9. Rarely do you see 30 points from top to bottom in a pre-report set of estimates. Um, it, it, it just goes to show you just how uncertain things were. Uh, we got placements in March that came in at 77.3% of a year ago. Um, I, I think you know that does fall within the pre-report range uh, that, that we had. Uh, everyone knew that feeder cattle sales were 
uh, certainly lagging as as producers really got in a wait and see mode um, as as prices uh, you know moved lower. I, I'd also say I think you know we had pretty good grass in many parts of the country, so those producers that had some options uh, certainly have said I'm going to hold here for just a little bit. Um, if you look at on feed numbers as of April one, uh, the actual came in at at ninety four point five percent, so down uh, relative to where we said a year ago, uh, back on the placement numbers, I just remind us that there's only been one other month uh, where we've had as big a percentage decline in placements as we saw with this report. When we talk about uh, the cattle placed on feed numbers, um, obviously we're seeing folks hold on to things, but what does that mean for future months and how much concern does that have? Well, we can have a couple things, I suppose, going on here, Megan. You know, number one, it, I, I expect we're going to find April placements also lagging uh, hard relative to a year ago when we get that report next month. So we, we could be pushing cattle further out so we could have some reduced supplies um, in, in the latter part of, of this year, above and beyond what we would have thought. But at some point, those cattle are going to get placed on feed. Um, it, it all depends on how much we've slowed them down as a result of keeping them on grass here for a while. But uh, it, it certainly uh, is changing the pattern here a little bit relative to what we would have thought. That might all turn out to be really good, especially if we get some recovery uh, in the economy and get beyond kind of this peak of COVID-19 outbreak. Anything else we need to touch on as we take a look at that uh, cattle on feed report? I think the only other thing we got uh, this month in the report was we did get the percentage of heifers on feed. It came in uh, about 37% uh, of, of uh, all cattle on feed were heifers. That just continues to confirm that uh, we're not seeing any real change in terms of beef cow inventory at this point. So there's a lot of plates spinning right now uh, for cattle producers and, and hot topics. You know, we've talked about the 3014 movement. MCOOL has been brought up again. As we take a look at these, what are where do we need to put our priorities and what are some of the positive and, and negatives that, that kind of come with, with these discussions? Yeah, it seems to me as we're here in the short term, it's, it's a lot of focus on uh, Really, the, I guess, starts with the spread between uh, box beef prices and, and cash cattle prices. A lot of folks, producers especially, unhappy with what's going on there. Um, I, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of, of discussion about uh, just how high packer margins have gotten. So that, to me, seems to be kind of the, the, the first thing. I think producers are really focused as well on uh, the USDA relief package and what exactly it means for them. I think many of them are anticipating those payments coming. Uh, I think 3014 uh, is certainly on the minds of, lot of lots of folks out there or similar kinds of, of discussion. Um, again, I think that's just related to the, the gap between you know box beef and, and cattle prices. Uh, I, I think here in the short run, we're just going to have to, we'll be much more focused on how do we keep plants open. I expect a long-term discussion about how to price cattle uh, I don't know that that gets us changed at the end of the day, but I think we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it. Um, MCOOL is another one. Uh, you know, a lot of discussion about country of origin labeling. 
I think there are some consumers in this country that might uh, have an interest in uh, knowing country of origin. Um, uh, I think that's perhaps one of those longer term issues that will continue to be discussed uh, once we really get beyond the worst of this COVID-19 outbreak. So a lot for us to take in today. I think uh, as we wrap things up, kind of an update on the Q&A of our weekly Q&A as it relates to COVID-19 and coronavirus. We talked about some about those processing plant shutdowns. Um, We saw the largest plant in the Midwest, pork processing plant in the Midwest, today announced that there is a handful of workers that have tested positive for COVID-19. Two of the larger plants in Indiana have shut down. Um, How are we watching and how is that progress going on the ones that have shut down and the ones that are starting to reopen? And what do we expect to see over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, so I keep saying, you know, we're kind of on the edge uh, when when we look at uh, uh, where we sit with those plants. Um, I, I I think next week's going to be really telling. Uh, you know, if you look at uh, hog slaughter, uh, I've, I've kind of been watching uh, uh, six um, di- average, uh, sorry, an average daily slaughter rate using the last uh, six days as kind of a moving average. Um, we've gotten down to about 335,000 head of hogs being slaughtered a day. Just realized we were setting about uh, 440,000 back before we had all this COVID outbreak. So it's certainly been a cut. Um, Similar for cattle, what was 105,000 head a day is uh, now sitting there below 80,000 head a day. I hope at some point we can begin to turn that uh, back around in, in both of those industries. Um, uh, the thing that I will say is, yes, we have plants that are still shuttering as a result of outbreaks of COVID-19 in those plants, but now we're beginning to see some plants that were initially shut down because of COVID-19 outbreaks beginning to come back online. I, I hope we kind of get that trade-off beginning to happen uh, to, to help offset the loss of some plants as we look into next week. Jobless claims continue to see some pretty big totals. We're up over 26 million in the last month. As we take a look at that, I mean, we've talked about the the back end of this and the how it relates to demand for for beef and and pork. Um, as these jobless claims continue to rise, do we get a little more nervous about? What's going on and being able to um, move pork at the retail side? So for sure, um, I, I, I think none of us have much history to gauge the recovery we could get. Uh, you know, I remind us that we put a fair amount of stimulus uh, out there already. Looks like we might be headed for another round of stimulus. How does that play relative to what's a very large unemployment situation that we have uh, in, in play today? I, I wish I knew the answer. I guess the, the, the easiest thing to say here is that if, if we continue to see the kinds of unemployment that, that we've experienced in the last few weeks continue for the remainder of 2020, uh, that, that, that's not a good demand scenario for us. Um, and, and so we, we certainly hope we can find as the 
uh, economy begins to open back up again, that uh, we start to see unemployment rates move back down and, and maybe hopefully as quickly as they've gone up. Um, I, I don't think they get back to the same low level we had before for a long period of time, but I'd certainly like to see a, a pretty good uh, recovery quickly um, in, in those numbers. And finally, we're going to end on a bright spot with a bright note, however you want to say that. Um, global demand and the global demand picture and global markets are still showing some promise. Export sales report this week showed another uh, fairly large sale of U.S. beef into China. Um, I have to think that that's an area that we're continuing uh, to kind of hold up and, and, and watch as well. Yeah, absolutely, Megan. And I think, you know, this goes back to, and, and I keep saying, and I hope I'm going to be right at the end of the day, that uh, I can be optimistic about both cattle and hog markets late in the year. Um, it, it does require some COVID-19 recovery in this country. But, but on top of that, continued strong exports of, of beef and pork. Um, I, I might talk pork to China. We, we certainly have seen some good news on the beef front to, to China. I keep saying I think Japan and South Korea could be helpful on the beef side as well. Um, so there's reasons to have a lot more optimism as we get later in the year. Again, that all assumes COVID-19 uh, diminishes in terms of its grips uh, on the U.S. economy going forward. Uh, but, but for me, exports might kind of be the icing on the cake that pushes us just that much higher. That's it for us this week. As we look ahead to next week, uh, what reports do we have to talk about next Friday? Yeah, so we're not going to have a lot next week. Uh, we do get to see a restaurant uh, performance index next Thursday. I'm sure that will be very interesting uh, to see uh, what kind of, of contractions been occurring in that index. All right, Scott. And we actually have another webinar next Wednesday. Uh, this time, last time we focused on the beef industry. This time we're going to focus on the pork sector. And we'll be joined by Glenn Tonzer from K-State and Lee Schultz from uh, Iowa State University. So really, we look forward to a great conversation next week as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be great to kind of see where we sit on the pork side and uh, have both Glenn and Lee along uh, to, to talk about the issues as we all see them. All right, Scott, have a great weekend. We will talk to you next Wednesday and then again next Friday. Yeah, you do the same, Megan. Thanks. So have a weekly livestock market update delivered to your email box every Saturday morning. Visit our website, brownfieldagnews.com. You can submit questions and comments there as well. And for market updates twice daily, check out John Perkins Market Minute. And for all of the great Brownfield podcasts, visit our website, brownfieldagnews.com slash podcast. And to check out our webinar on the impact of COVID-19, this time on the pork industry, visit our website, brownfieldagnews.com slash COVID-19. You can also submit questions and tune in uh, for the live webinar next Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Central. Have a great weekend. I'm Megan Grebner on Brownfield.